0: Welcome to Earl Tom's Podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about the ways to find your buyers that the majority of them are free, that you don't need to spend any money, uh, you know, to locate these buyers. And we'll also discuss ways to actually get that personal connection with the buyer. Um, There are some services out there that that are paid for. You can have monthly subscriptions or You know things like prop stream or rei blackbook those type places you can skip trace you know find them whether you're going to list source or somewhere else to you know to to get that information um one of the reasons that i'm very selective of the subscriptions and the paid services that i that i join into is because there's a lot easier way to do it that if you'll spend maybe 30 minutes a day you'll be able to find all of this information for free you just kind of have to be a little bit creative to do it and be willing to spend a little bit of time doing it Um, so if you think about kind of bootstrapping your your business when you first get started because you don't have a lot of money to put into it you can do this whether it's the first day or you've been in this in this business for five years and save yourself a lot of money because at the end of the day, real estate is a personal relationship. Whether it's with the the seller or the buyer, it's a personal relationship. Um, you know, so whether either side trusts you or not, it depends a lot of when you're gonna get that deal, what you're gonna get it for, and how much you'll be able to make on it. So Let's let's kind of look at, you know, the free ways and some steps to where you can actually find these uh, these buyers at that that you won't have to spend money, you know, to do. So, one of the if you want to look at it in an ethical way, um, you can get a 30-day trial with a uh, website called Lead Propeller. lead propeller gives you the ability to download up to a thousand contacts whether it be buyers or sellers in their in their program so if you're wanting to actually find some but you want to test out some of these paid services lead propeller gives you that 30-day you know free trial so you don't actually have to spend any money up front so what i've what I've done and what I know a lot of people do is they'll go and get a, a free trial off of of lead propeller download a list of um, their buyers or whatnot and now they have that information they have the addresses they have all of the addresses that buyer has purchased in that area um, so instead of let me go get a single record here, a single record here, and try to match them up. You get all of the addresses that that specific buyer has purchased, you know, whether it be last six months, last year, last month, whatever it may be that you've set your criteria to, you're going to get all of those records. So that's really all that you need because once you get past that, <clears throat> you just get to the point of having to do a little legwork, Spend that 30 minutes a day, um, you know, researching these records. What a lot of people don't realize is, is there's there's something called an XLS feed from every courthouse across the country. So some courthouses will push that spreadsheet out to all these different data providers once a month, once a week, once a day bi-week bi-monthly those kind of things it all depends on the courthouse that you're where you're located because if if you've got a courthouse in an area that's only sending out that that data feed every three months your information is not going to be up to date so what's going to wind up happening is is you're going to get stale records by the time you get get your hands on it so it's this Every every provider gets it, whether it's Lead Propeller, whether it's PropStream, whether it's Zillow, doesn't matter. They all pay county courthouses for this information. What you have to learn how to do and list sources in that. Wherever you're getting your information from, they're on they're getting that from these data feeds from these courthouses. So what you need to do is make sure your courthouse is actually sending out records once a week or at least once a month because if they're only sending records out every three months by the time you get to it you're sitting there thinking to yourself well this was a pre-foreclosure lead, but now they're already in foreclosure and i can't help them but i'm sitting here paying for all this information that's why that's what no one else will tell you is because they want you to think that their data is the best now, some providers will get mortgage, you know, liens, those kind of things, they'll pay for that information as well, but if they're paying for it and it's three months old, it's useless. Because by that time, the, the, the owner of that property has already made a decision, looked on Google, called around, found somebody to buy their house. So you're actually wasting money if your courthouse is not providing up-to-date information and sending that XLS feed out in a timely fashion. So what I always suggest everyone do is find a way, and you don't even really have to go to Lead Propeller to do it, because you can actually go to Zillow. If you're looking you know, for your, for your buyers, Zillow will provide that to you, and it's free you just have to be able to put the work in to be able to, to find them. And you don't have to pay to skip trace them or anything like that. I'll show you how to do that in a little while. But what what I wind up doing here, and I don't know if it's if it's like this in other places, but what I always do here is instead of doing a list view of, of everything that's sold, I always pull up a map. Because on Zillow, there is a, a little pull down screen at the top that says more well once you click on that more if you scroll down a little ways you can actually determine how old your records are you can say last 30 days last 90 days last six months last year so if you want to look at the 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 records the properties that have sold in the last three months you just click that more scroll down and now you you select sold in the last three months apply and now you're looking at a map with everything that's, that's sold within the last three months. So what you wind up doing on there, in my market anyway, you'll go through and you'll see you know, an area that should be selling for $100,000. But you see these records that are sitting over there that say 500000 or $2.5 million. What a lot of these buyers do is they'll go buy all these properties individually and then when they actually go to record them they'll bundle them up and record them on the same deed and give a overall price for all of the properties that they that they purchased because they'll go in and say pay a hundred thousand dollars for a house then they're going to go put fifty thousand in it and then whenever that total money is is known and it's realized they may have five or ten houses that are finished now so they go instead of recording every property singularly, they go and record all five or 10 of these properties on the same deed. So that's where you see these larger numbers going through. So what you wind up doing is is go, okay, well here's a $2.5 million sale that I know wasn't $2.5 million. So you, you scroll down, you look at the address, you find the address. A lot of times, you're not gonna have any kind of contact information or anything like that on the sale other than if it was listed on the MLS. You'll have the old agent's information on there. You can actually call that agent a lot of times and say, Mr. and Miss Agent, you know, I'm a I'm a local investor here, but I sell a lot of properties. You know, I'm sure that you would like to have the, the listing, you know, for these for these properties. So if I could supply you some listings, you know, for your buyer to, to purchase you know, would that be beneficial to you? Some agents will brush you off. Some will, you know, want to work with you. You have to take it as it comes. If an agent brushes you off, that's fine. But what I'm, what I'm fixing to explain to you how to do is find, find the contact information for these buyers. So what you wind up doing is, is you, you sit there and you look and you go, okay, here is the first address. If you have your courthouse information online, then you can go through and type in that information. I would never type in the full investor's information because you never know how it's actually listed in the courthouse. They could have LLC behind it. They could have incorporated behind it. It all depends on how it's recorded because sometimes there are errors in the courthouse so you go in and you type in maybe the first three to five letters of that of that company name or how you think it's recorded and wind up going that direction but you only can do that after you search for the address to actually find the the purchaser of it the the buyer of it so once you find that you you get to look at all the records of this company in the courthouse once you have all of the the addresses that this company has purchased, whether they've sold them or they still have them, is irrelevant. They're buying. That's all you need to know. So what you do is you wind up going through, and you, you start typing in addresses on Google. You'll have records that say, you know, Realtor.com, Zillow, all those other things. That's fine. Click on them because what you're going to wind up doing is, is you're going to have a lot of these investors that will have their agent, their property manager, whoever it may be, a lot of them even do it themselves. So if you're say like a hedge fund or somebody like that, more often than not, these, these larger conglomerates will come and put a local office in so that they can manage their affairs in that local market. They'll hire a couple employees, but they all report back to the main office. That's fine, now you have the phone number, maybe an email address, whatever you you need that first point of contact to be able to get in touch with these groups the first record you may not find anything it, it may be a dead end but now, but you have 10 addresses that you can google so as you're ad, as you're googling all these addresses eventually you're going to find a phone number or an email address an address something like that to get you in touch a contact name you're going to find a way to get in touch with these with these buyers without having to spend any money. You just have to do a little bit of legwork, spend a little bit of time to be able to do it. And that's how I find the majority of them. I've honestly found cell phone numbers for people that work in hedge funds because when they get started in a local market, they don't have their boots on the ground, so they're having to do everything remotely. So they'll put you know, someone in the office cell phone number on there or you know, the main office's phone number on there I've had these people will say, "How did you find money? I just Googled your your addresses that you you know purchased here, and that some of them like it, some of them don't, and that's just part of the filling out what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, but if you'll sit there and you'll go and spend the time on it, whether it's Zillow, whether it's Lead Propeller, whether it's County Records, you name it, you and you can find the contact information. And you can find these, these buyers without having to actually spend any money because it's available online. It's, it's public information. So you don't have to pay for it. The, the trend is to pay for it. Skip tracing, you know, pay for this service, do this, we've got the best. They all have the same things. Some are just paid for and some are free. So you have to decide what's best for you. If you want to bootstrap your, your business, if you're just getting started and, and spend the least amount of money, the freeway is is a good option because you're going to get the same information that you would have by paying for a service that may have the stale data from this three months old that by now everyone else has already touched and they and they're tired of getting phone calls and things like that. So whenever... Whenever you actually get in touch with a buyer, the first thing that you want to do is be professional. Don't send an email with, you know, 2020 text message slang on it. If you're saying your, spell it, Y-O-U-R. Don't put U-R on there because you will be thrown out the door, spam marked, blocked, you name it you have an opportunity to make a first impression, so make the best of it, because this could be the buyer you've been waiting on. This could be a buyer that only buys once every six months. But the difference is, is when you need a sale, this could be the buyer that's sitting there and helps you pay your bills that month where things are slow, so that you can stay in this business. Once you actually close a deal with a a, a buyer, do something that no one else does whether it's sending them a thank you letter that's handwritten or picking up, you know, the phone and calling them after everything's done, wait a week. Don't call them the same day. Say, you know, I appreciate your business. You know, I'll be I'll be on the look for, you know, other properties for you, things like that. Once you once you've done all of that, and you've closed that first deal, that's when you really start to to kind of cement that relationship. Because up until that point, everything was speculative. you not, there, there was nothing factual, there was nothing concrete about that relationship. The buyer, when you first approached them, gave you some gave you some criteria, said if you find something like this, feel free to send it to me. Well, you did that. But you found something that they were willing to buy. So going forward, you need need to put that down, make a note of it. I sent this buyer these five houses. They didn't buy them. I sent them this house. Why did they buy this house and not the other five that I sent them? So from now on, as you're going forward, you send them more available deals of the one that they bought. Versus the five that you sent before. Because one thing that investors like is basically having someone that is going to send them a a property without them even having to hesitate and go, I'm interested. I want that one. If they have to work the numbers, spend a lot of time on it, things like that, they're, they're going to get tired of dealing with you. When you send them properties that as soon as they see it, they're ready to go that's gonna be the type of property that you need to only send them you may you may have a house every now and then you think might work it's okay to send it to them but when you send it to them as part of the the explanation the description of why you're sending it to them say i think this one might work for you it has x y and z that you've been buying But it also has this, and I'm not sure if that will work for you, but I wanted to put it in front of you just in case. And let them make that decision, but do that sparingly. Don't sit there with every single buyer that you have, put them on this mass email list and send them every house that you have. That is not good business. I don't care what anyone says. You have these companies out there, these buyers that are on countless email lists nine times out of ten they just hit you know mark is red or they'll look at it to open it up so it'll clear out of their inbox and it won't show a an unread message and they're finished with it but if you personalize every single email that you send to a buyer with the pictures a description asking price those kind of things you'll have more success with these buyers than you will just throwing throwing it against the wall to see if it sticks because these buyers don't have time to look at all that stuff. Some may have time to look at it, but a lot of times buyers want to feel as though they're the most important. They don't want to share. They don't want deals that everybody else is that everybody else is seeing. So when you sit there and you send this mass email out, you know, some of them will will take it the majority of the time you're not going to have a lot of success in it when you sit there and, and it's okay to partner with other wholesalers do joint ventures but when when you start doing that and and the ones that you're doing it with start blasting these emails to their list you're, you're killing your deal doing that because no one knows who actually owns it you may have the same buyer that buyer now doesn't know which which person actually has control of the deal who they should work with they don't want to ruin a relationship hurting anyone's feelings those kind of things so it's important with the with the wholesalers if you're going to jv to say do not send this on a mass list i have a list if i need to send it i will send it to specific people that you think will be interested in it and no one else if that works great, you've got a deal closed. If not, send it to your list. Other than that, leave it alone. It wound up not being a deal. Move on to new money because this one right now has started costing you money. So the more time that you spend on it, the more it's going to cost you. Whether it's time, effort, marketing dollars, those kind of things, it's costing you money right now. So you have to look at it in a way of going, by the time I get this to the closing table, am I actually going to make money on it? Am I going to make minimum wage on it? Or is it really going to cost me money when I could have been focused on another deal that I could have made money quickly on, you know, first couple of weeks send it to three or four buyers, one of them buys it, we go to the closing table, I actually make money on this. That's where a lot of a lot of wholesalers get bogged down and they can't see what's on the other side because every deal is a must close with them when that in essence is not the case if you will sit there and look at it and think to yourself i have to find new money every single day you will be successful because the longer you spend on a deal the less money you make you're living in the past not the present or the future so make sure you're looking for new deals every day new money you work with the right buyers those kind of things if if you're the the kind of person that you know likes to go out and socialize and meet a lot of people things like that these local meetups investor associations those kind of things are are a good place to do that some may have door fees to where you've got to pay before you can get in some may not that is all depending on what what you want to do your personality but it is good to put your face in front of buyers from time to time so that you can have that relationship because a psychological fact is it's harder to say no to someone in person than it is over the phone, over an email, those kind of things. So the more you're in front of someone, the stronger that relationship gets, the harder it becomes for them to tell you no because they wanna wind up helping you. On a different note, one thing that that I always hear complaints about from buyers is some of them will want to know how much you have it under contract how much you're going to make for it that's easily overcome if you know how to address it when when a buyer says how much are you going to make on this you say mr and miss buyer my goal is to bring you a deal that is good enough that all you have to do is make an offer on somewhere where you're comfortable but i you get to make money on it and so do i so i think if if we pay attention to you making money on an on on a property with a price that you're comfortable at what i make on it won't matter so when they say okay well i don't necessarily agree with that then you just well let's i tell you what let's just give it a try the next deal i send you instead of you asking how much I'm making on this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a property that I'm gonna have an asking price on. And if you're comfortable with that price, you give it to me. If you're not comfortable with that price, make me an offer. If I can sell it to you at that price, I'll be happy to. And see how that works going forward because when you have a buyer more concerned with what you're making versus what they're gonna make, that's not a buyer you're gonna have a good relationship with. So those are the buyers that I tend to really only include on a list because those are kinda of like the, the last straw, desperation. If I, one, of my, one of my clients don't wanna buy something, then I'll wind up sending it to a, to a list most times, those, those people on those lists that I send to are difficult to work with. They're not focused on what they need to focus on. They're, they're focused on, you know, is this a good market? How much are you gonna make? I don't know if I, they, they always wanna seem to find some way to complain. And that's not that's not positive for your business because in real estate on a daily basis, you're gonna hear no. And you have to be able to accept know and move on you can't let it put you in a depressive state let your self-confidence start lacking those kind of things you have to be able to move on like it, it didn't even happen every single day that's one of the biggest things in real estate that winds up hurting someone's business so when you find a difficult buyer i'm not saying in any ways don't don't work with them if you can't train them to your way as far as they make offers and what they do, then you need to move them to the list because you're going to wind up spending more effort, more time, more money getting them to the closing table than you would having people that are easy to get along with, that want the relationship with you, that appreciate what you're doing for them because you're making their life easier. They're not having to sit there and search the MLS all day they're not having to talk to agents that are sending them this property saying it's such a great deal. You're sending them exactly what they want. So if, if they don't appreciate that, then you need to let them work with agents or work off of your list. Because finding that new money, like I said earlier, is the most important part of this buyer process. You go through, you have your you're Googling of the addresses to find some form of contact form that's a freeway. You go in, you make this relationship, you say, Mr. Buyer, what is your criteria? Okay, great. I won't waste your time. I'm new at this. I'm gonna send you what I think matches this criteria. If I if I send you something that doesn't match this criteria, please give me your feedback so that I can I can narrow down exactly what it is that you're looking for, so that in the future I can I can only send you what you will what you will buy, and you'll have buyers that that really do appreciate this. You'll also have those buyers that think, oh, okay, well I'm I'm so in control now. I'm the best of all time. Now I've got somebody that I can just kind of rule over, do whatever I want to them let them think that because when they wind up being on that list and they call you and say, why am I not getting these deals like I was before? That's when you in a very professional way say, Mr. And Ms. Buyer, I tried in the very beginning with you on a couple of deals, but the time that you, that you took to make a decision, the things that you focused on were not in my opinion, what needs to be focused on. I send you these deals at a price that you stated in your criteria but yet you wound up saying i've got to find out how much you're going to make on it or i've got to send five contractors over there you're 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 just not you're not moving and i have an inspection period in these deals to where i have to know something within a certain time frame to be able to make a decision of whether or not i'm going to move forward on this property or I'm going to let it go because I have this this seller's livelihood in my hands and I take that seriously the same way that I take seriously providing you with the best deals I can possibly find for you and letting you make a decision on it. But I need, I need you to focus more on the deal, not the external factors that you've been focused on. So if we can move forward in that way, I'll, I'll be glad to send you more deals. But the way that, that things have gone because i'm in this to make money the same way that you are to keep my doors open i have to focus on the best ways for me to do that and any good business person that's out there is going to appreciate that because they know they're not wasting time on things that are not going to make them money so when when you do that you're going to find some that think okay well don't ever call me again But the other ones, you're going to gain their respect because they're going to think to themselves, okay, I didn't think that this person was really business savvy, but they they just showed me exactly what they're made of, and I respect that. That's what you're looking for. So when you go in and you try to find these buyers, remember, you can do it for free if you're willing to spend some time and some effort on it you can build these relationships but you have to build them in a way that a lot of other people are not building them they have to be personal relationships with these buyers because if they're not you're not gonna you're not gonna have consistent buyers that you can rely on because somebody else is taking the time and making the effort to make that relationship with that buyer personal so when you go and i'm not saying being best best friends with these with these buyers but when they know that you're making a concerted effort to help them, that you enjoy doing it, they're going to they're gonna hold out for you to see what you have. Because if they only have 100000 left for this month or this quarter and somebody sends them a deal, you'd be surprised how many of them call and say, hey, do you have anything? Because if not, I just found a deal that, I'm, that I like but I wanted to give you an opportunity to, to tell me whether or not you had anything coming down your pipeline that I may be able to get from you instead of you know another, another wholesaler in the area. So when you're, when you're doing this, don't buy into the hype. Keep everything simple with these buyers. Let them know you're here for them. You want to make their life easier. You're willing to work. And when you do that, you'll gain the respect of these buyers and you'll have a consistent list or consistent relationships with enough buyers that you'll, you'll wind up, it may take six months, it may take a year, but eventually you'll get to that point to where it's consistent enough that you're making money every single month, you're paying your bills on time, Every single month, you may even be able to quit your nine-to-five job and do this full-time, but this is the same thing that I'm going to tell you on just about every single episode. It's not necessarily about real estate. It's about the relationships that you form, whether it's sellers, buyers, agents, appraisers, inspectors, contractors, you name it, it's the relationships that you're going to build, that is going to be determining how successful you can be because when you match a work ethic with relationship building you will be successful with that i'm going to draw this to a close uh we do appreciate you listening to this episode we will be back again next week for another episode i hope you found this this informative if you uh If you have any questions, please leave a comment. We'll try to address them.